Evening guys, welcome to another Wednesday Midweek Teaching. Today uh, we are going to be continuing on through chapter 7, and uh, before we go in I'll just pray. Father, I praise you and I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is living and active. I thank you that you continue to speak to us. Even as we simply go about our days, that we can continue to hear from you, that you will continue to speak to us, that we need to continue to listen to you. And Father, I thank you that as we read through your word tonight, that you will continue to speak to us through your word. I pray that you would, uh, through your Holy Spirit, you would give me the words to say. You'd stop me from saying things that you don't want me to say. And Father, I pray that as we just go through your word tonight, that you speak to each and every one of us, including myself. Whether it's the main message or whether it's the little things that um, I might not necessarily mention, but you want to speak to us individually about. So, Father, I pray that you speak to us tonight and that your Holy Spirit would uh, continue to work on us and help us to apply your word to our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Cool. So, uh, verse 11 is where we're picking up. But as a quick recap, so last week Jesus was in Galilee. He, didn't, he decided not to go to the festival yet. He let his disciples go on and then he went on a little bit afterwards. So, verse 11 starts off, it says, The Jewish leaders tried to find him at the festival and kept asking if anyone had seen him. There was a lot of grumbling about him among the crowds. Some argued, he's a good man. But others said, he's nothing but a fraud who deceives the people. So, Jesus has gone to this festival alone, without his disciples, and his disciples have already gone on ahead of him. The Jewish leaders don't know necessarily that he's gone separately, but they know, hey, Jesus is surely going to be here at this festival. So they're looking for him. They're trying to find where he is. They aren't looking for him for a good reason, though. Other people might be looking for him like, yeah, let's see, well, let's see what Jesus has to say. Whereas they're more on a manhunt because they actually are plotting his death, as it tells us. So Jesus is ruining their self-seeking way of life, their self-seeking way of being right with God, and they're unwilling to accept the truth. So instead, they're labeling him as a blasphemer and they're seeking to kill him. So this, um, this is a couple different people who are um, now talking about Jesus. So some are saying he's a good man, some are saying, oh, you know, he's nothing but a fraud who deceives the people. So there are mixed views about Jesus. Some are in support of him and some are against him. Some thought that he's a good man whether they recognized him necessarily for who he actually was as the Messiah or not, they seem to still like him anyway. Um, but it, they still won't speak about him publicly, though. We can think of Jesus as a good man or a great teacher and accept halfway, just that little part, but we're not willing to actually let him be what he actually truly is, which is the Messiah who is going to, and willing to change our lives. We can accept him for who he's not, in which case then we're accepting the wrong thing. He's not some get-rich scheme, he's not some ticket out of hell to live how then we like and we can just do what we want because, hey, yeah, I, I'm a friend of Jesus, because actually we're not then acting like a friend of Jesus if we think that we are. But we need to actually allow him to be who he is, which is the Messiah. He's not a moneymaker, he's the waymaker, he's the king of kings. Um, he is the king of my heart, as we sing in the song, so we need to let him be king of our hearts. 
if we only allow him to simply influence us and not rule our lives, then we're ignoring him really for who he is. When we do this, we don't allow him to truly change us and empower us. Instead, we're left trying to live on our own human effort. There are those who don't like him as well. They're saying he's a fraud, he deceives people. And there are those who reject him for not being who they want him to be. They want him to be someone else, but instead he is this humble and he's this meek servant. He's this teacher who is sharing and saying some controversial things. And they don't like that. They want a conquering king who's going to come, he's going to overthrow the Roman Empire, and they're not satisfied with who the Messiah actually is, because he's not who they want him to be. We can often reject the truth because it isn't what we want to hear, but actually we have to be willing to actually let the Lord speak, to let the Lord be who he is, and humbly accept that. I remember in uni we were doing a project, and as usual, you know, with group dynamics, there's like the few who do some stuff, and you usually have one in, you know, every other group or so who doesn't really want to do anything, but they think they know everything still. And that's part of our group. So we're doing this project, and something wasn't quite working right. And this guy, who wasn't helping at all, thought that he knew everything, just pops his head over and says, like, oh yeah, um, you should probably do that, and then carries on doing his own thing. The one person who I'm with is like, I, d I don't care. I don't, I don't care what you have to say, because obviously he's not helping us, he's not being part of the team. And I had a choice. I could either choose to reject it, to say, you know what, I don't care, you're not part of this team. Or I could say, you know what, you might be really proud and think like you know everything, you might not have helped us, but if this is actually going to help, then I'm willing to accept that. So we actually moved forward on it and we were like, oh, great, it works. Thank you, that actually worked. And having to humble ourselves to accept the truth, even though it wasn't something that we necessarily wanted to hear. We could either reject it and lose out simply because of our pride, or we could accept it and move forward in humility. We need to be careful, likewise, not to allow our own views, our own culture, or our pride to shape Christ or to influence who, he want, who we want him to be. Because the truth is there. He is who he is. We're not changing him. We have to humbly accept who he is. And that requires humility on our part. Hebrews 13 verse 8 says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus will always be controversial, and that's okay. We just have to be okay with that, because he is far higher than us, and we simply have to accept who he is, because he's actually not just saying, I'm this, hey, here, like, just accept it, but he's saying, hey, I'm this, I want to have that relationship with you, because I love you. And we then accept that in humility, to say, you know what, you're right, I do need you, rather than thinking that we can do things our own way. We have to watch out that we don't allow ourselves and our pride to be in opposition to our relationship with Christ, or to let that get in the way of our service to him. Verse 13 says, But no one had the courage to speak favorably about him in public, for they were afraid of getting in trouble with the Jewish leaders. It's a common scene, even in our own lives, even those that like Jesus wouldn't speak about him favorably in public. Why? Because of the fear of getting in trouble with the Jewish leaders. 
it's so easy for us to feel the same way, to be in the same sort of situations. We can easily identify with these people because a lot of the times we've been in these situations where we feel, oh, uh, yeah, I know, Lord, you may be asking me to share, but it's really, you know, I don't know if this is the right time. Feeling like we can somehow tell the Lord what the right timing is. What we want is we want to try and keep the peace. We want to, you know, be amicable. We want to be friends. But what's that fueled by? Does that matter when it's compared to what we're actually looking at to say, actually, this person, if they don't know Christ, then they are without hope and they're going to hell. And so I, knowing the truth, I want to share that in love with that person. And so how can I possibly, out of my love for the Lord and out of my love for that person, choose not to share it? So we want to be willing to share even if it's going to make things uncomfortable. And does that matter when it's compared to what we're actually looking at? I remember I was having a conversation with this guy who I really respected. He was giving me some careers advice. He was really well respected in his field. So I was very appreciative of the fact that he was speaking to me, that he was willing to share and to kind of lay things out to let me know hey, okay, I'd look at this, I'd look at this as another option, and kind of looking at those things. I remember uh, in some conversations that he was very anti-Christian, anti-Christ, and he just didn't want to hear anything about it. But because I respected this guy, I wanted to obviously, you know, remain friends, be amicable, but at one point the topic came up of Christianity. So I had a choice. I could either try and remain amicable and l leave that out, or I could say, you know what? I love Christ more than my fear of losing out on this. So and then I shared Christ with him, and I shared about why I go to church. I shared about all these different things, and he was very open to that conversation, which normally he wouldn't have been. In my own self-wisdom, I would have thought, this isn't a good time. You know, he's, you know, he's doing other things. But actually, it was the Lord's timing that the Lord prompted me to say, hey, share with this guy. And so I had to be willing to step out of my comfort zone to say, okay, fine, I'll, I'll still share because I love you, Lord, and that's why I'm willing to do this. I love the Lord more than I love men. That's why I was willing to share at that point. But it changes. We have to continually come before the Lord and say, okay, in those moments, though I don't necessarily want to have to share Though this is uncomfortable at this point, I know you're asking me to do this. And so I'm going to actually say, Lord, please give me the strength. Please give me the courage to say what you want me to say. And just move forward because we love the Lord rather than, we love, rather than hating the fear of men. So it's easy for us to get caught up in that. As well as ourselves and our pride, we mustn't let others and our fear of men to be in opposition to our relationship with Christ, or to hinder our service to him. Verse 14 says, Then, midway through the festival, Jesus went up to the temple and began to teach. The people were surprised when they heard him. How does he know so much when he hasn't been trained? They asked. So Jesus told them, My message is not my own. It comes from God who sent me. Anyone who wants to do the will of God will know whether my teaching is from God or merely my own. So it's now cut to Jesus from, from the crowd, Jesus is now there. He's what we saw before. He was staying in Galilee. He's staying away because they're planning to kill him. 
So we think naturally, oh yeah, you know, he's going to go, he's going to kind of keep things quiet. No, this guy goes straight through the crowd, he goes up on to probably the temple steps, and he starts speaking publicly. He's drawing attention to himself. This is against what we were talking about last week. This is against our own worldly wisdom or self-preservation wisdom. It's actually in the Lord's wisdom that he said, hey, this is the Lord's timing. I'm going to do what he's asked me to do and know that he'll take care of me because I'm following what he's asked me to do. So he could have stayed away, and yet he he is in the temple. He's teaching. Jesus is making his way through the crowd, and now he's up there, and he's speaking to all of these people. Now with the Jewish leaders very clearly drawn to, hang on a minute, who's that teaching? That's Jesus! So he's there, and he's speaking, and he starts teaching. He's not afraid of the people. He's not afraid of the Jewish leaders, even though they're seeking to try and kill him. Because he does the work of the Father regardless of any opposition to himself. He does the work of the Father regardless of any opposition from what anybody else thinks. Jesus loves the Father more than his own way, more than his own life, more than what anyone else may think of him. He's willing to do that, having laid down his own way and his own divine rights. In Philippians 2 verse 6 to 8, we read this. It says, Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. If Christ, who had all right to declare his way, laid it aside, how much more should we do the same? Motivated by our love of God, not being hindered by pride or by our fear of others. And people were surprised when they heard him teach. That they're sat there saying, how does he possibly know so much when he hasn't been trained? When we're called to serve the Lord, he's going to equip us for his service in his way. We don't necessarily have to be this well-trained person who's got things before we start serving him. Because if he's calling us to do something, he's going to equip us to be able to do that. Whether it's in the moment, whether it's even without necessarily equipping us the way that we think we're going to be equipped. We don't need the validation of others to serve in the capacity that the Lord's calling us to, even if we, even if we feel like we do, because we already have the validation of the Lord in his calling. Jesus isn't talking about his own message. It's what has actually come from the Father. He's declaring what the Father wants, the Father's way, so he's going to go ahead and he's going to go do it. That's Jesus' response to how he's teaching. If it's of God, so I'm going to go and declare God's message. God has equipped me to teach his message. And he's been trained without any need for others to train him. Anyone who's seeking the Lord will be able to recognize that and see that if it's God's work, then it's not dependent on human effort alone. It's dependent upon God because it's God's work. It's simply dependent upon obedience to the truth a faithfulness to follow, regardless of any human validation. I remember um, when Dave asked me to uh, be a pastor here. It wasn't something that I wanted. It wasn't something that I was looking for. It wasn't something that I liked the idea of at all. But in that moment, I knew, okay, Lord, yes, I recognize that this is what you've been asking me to do. Suddenly, things came back of times when the Lord has prompted me, like, hey, this is coming up, 
And it's something that I kind of blocked out, like, yeah, okay, thanks, yeah, anyway, I don't think so, I, because I didn't like it. I didn't like the idea of it, because I didn't feel comfortable with any of that. But it was something that the Lord was asking me to do, and in this moment I knew this is what the Lord's asking me to do. So it was something that I had to say, even though I don't feel equipped, even though I don't feel ready, even though I don't feel able, I know that if this is what the Lord's asking me to do, then I'm going to go ahead and do it because I know that the Lord's with me, even if I don't feel ready. I was reminded of Moses in Exodus 2 and in Exodus 3, when he's at the burning bush and the Lord speaks to him through the, through the burning bush. And he's like, I want you to go and I want you to go speak to Pharaoh. And Moses is like, I can't, I just can't do it. And the Lord's like, I made, who made the mouth? Me. And Moses is like, but really, no, I, I can't do it. And he's like, well, then I'll send Aaron. He lacked his own validation, so Aaron stepped in, despite God telling him that he made his mouth, that he would equip him for service, but yet still Moses said, no, I can't do it. So the Lord said, fine, Aaron will go with you. And so we know that actually the Lord's going to equip us for his service. It doesn't have to come down to him sending someone else to do it if we're willing to be obedient to follow even when we feel like we don't, we're not able to do what he's asking us to do. When the Lord calls us to serve him, which he has, even in our mundane tasks, even if it's just simply going about work, even if it's going and washing the dishes, even if it's going to the shops, when it comes down to sharing the gospel, to being a light, to being a disciple of Christ, helping to serve someone, whether it's serving at church, whether it's serving at work, even whether it's simple, just tasks at work, in all things the Lord has called us to serve him. Like in Colossians 3, verse 23, where it says, In everything that you do, work as unto the Lord, rather than, that, rather than unto men. So we're doing all of this to the Lord. So he's going to equip us to be able to serve well. We simply have to be willing to be obedient to serve in him, to serve in the truth. Because he's going to equip us. We shouldn't let ourselves get in the way and oppose his work in and through us. Like David in the Psalms who could say, he trains my hands. It's not us, it's not anyone else. It's something that the Lord will do as he equips us. As, he continue, as we continue to follow his way, he's gonna to continue to equip us to move forward in that. Daniel also had the opportunity to allow fear of others to get in the way of him serving the Lord. When the king declared, hey, Hey, you can't serve anyone. You can't serve, you can't serve this God. Daniel didn't say, oh, 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 that's awkward. Oh, Lord, I, I guess I can't pray. He didn't care. He said, well, I love the Lord. I'm still going to pray. And so he prayed and he had the consequences for that. But the Lord protected him in that. He stayed faithful and the Lord equipped him for service and protected him from others through his faithfulness to serve when he was called, regardless of what anyone else thought, regardless of whether there was consequences to it, regardless of whether other people agreed with that or not. Similar to how we can oppose the Lord, the Lord's work in our lives, we can allow others to oppose it as well. Remember, so we need to remember that God equips us and he trains us when he calls us to service. And then we simply need to be faithful, to be obedient, to follow his will to obey and to walk in the truth because he's going to continue to equip us and he's going to continue to help us as we walk in his way. So I want to encourage you guys tonight that 
we shouldn't let ourselves and our pride or our lack of self-validation get in the way of serving the Lord. And similarly, we mustn't let others or our fear of what they think or simple human validation get in the way of serving the Lord. We need to be like Christ, who served regardless of our position. Despite our position, the Lord will equip us and train us for service in his way. God bless you guys. I'm just going to pray. Father, I thank you for your words. I thank you that um, you continue to equip us, that you continue to train us as you call us, as you lead us in your ways. Father, I pray that uh, for each one of us tonight, that uh, through the different things that you call us to, whether it's uh, larger tasks that we feel totally inadequate for, or whether it's those small tasks that we feel uncomfortable about, I pray that you would continue to give us the courage. I pray that you continue to remind us that you're with us, and I pray that you continue to um, just be with us as we move forward, uh, continuing to remind us to be obedient to you. Because we know that the same God who was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire is with us uh, here today in our everyday lives. And Father, I thank you for that. And I praise your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.